Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America of the world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer. As always, speaking to you in my own voice, attempting to try to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. And as always, I truly want to thank you for giving us your valuable time. It means the world to me. It truly does. I, when I do these shows, I, I think, plan, pray, do as much as I can. And after the shows, I actually feel just a little bit better for myself, wanting to just open up a little bit more, maybe do a little bit more, just that little more patience and so forth. Because as you know, there's always something going on in the world. There's always, the world's always going to be on fire per se. It's always, you know, you solve one problem, God gives you a bigger problem, a bigger challenge. But we all get through it. So I greatly appreciate your valuable time to listen to the shows. If you're new to the shows, give us, a, give us at least two or three uh, uh, attempts. Because uh, as you probably noticed already, I'm not your best host, but I attempt to try to give you my absolute best. So, again, thank you so much. A um, couple things. Uh, the book giveaway, we're, we're just about there on the 44 book giveaway. However, I have good news. I forgot that my publishers, uh, I guess it's in the contract, they give me a couple cases of books. And I have some books still. It would be my honor and privilege to, as a tribute to you, the listener, as busy as you are with all that's going on in your world, it would be my honor and privilege to sign a book and mail it to you, gratis. Here's what you do. Go to my website, Dave Pelzer, P-E-L-Z-E-R.com. Uh, on the top banner, I believe it says the Dave Pelzer Show, something to that effect. Click on to that, and that will put you, I guess, in a portal. And all you have to do is basically say, hi, my name is John. I listen to your show. I'd like a book. Simple dimple. Uh, my name is Michelle. My sister's going through a hard time. I think this book might help her. Simple dimple. My illustrious staff, Miss Jones or Miss Esty or Mr. Spence, Octum Spence as we call him, will uh, verify your address. And as soon as humanly possible, they'll email me that information once everything's been verified. And we'll send you out a book. I could have it to you in a week to ten days per se. You know, with all, <laughs> with all that's going on. But it is my tribute to you as a way of saying thank you for giving us a listen. All right. As we kind of say, there's always something going on. And let's get that. I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Let's ask the most important question of the show is, how are you? <coughs> Excuse me. A little cough there. I apologize. How are you? How are you doing? I think my cough or my strained voice says <laughs> it says a lot there my friends uh there's always something going on you know and and thank goodness i think we're done with the california torrential cyclone rains nino pineapple storm whatever it is uh it, it really hit us beginning of december 26 and as of uh two days ago we got just a little bit of sun unbelievable always Something going on. And as we enter spring-a-ding-ding, you know, we have Easter coming up here next uh, Sunday for family and friends and celebrating and getting out there and, you know, planting flowers or spring cleanup and so forth. Please use it as an opportunity. Here you go. As not as a chore, but having fun. It takes me about 40 to 60 hours to do... The outside of gardening, per se, you know, picking things up, raking things, getting things in order, going to the, uh, the nurseries. I love to go to nurseries. I love to buy my impatient plants. And then I have my inside plants and I have my inside flowers. And rather than a chore, I just, I love it. I embrace it. So maybe you can kind of do that with everything that you're kind of doing. Do it in small strides, baby steps, but make it fun, relaxing. I know a lady who does spring cleaning, and, and she's just in her robe, and 
has the music going on. She kind of dances from room to room, she says. And, of course, a glass of wine in one hand and cleaning stuff in the other. If that's what it takes, please, have fun. Have fun, and as I say, always, in all that you do, please take good care of you. All right, here's where, here we go. We got a little potpourri on a couple things. And, and I saw this one article about two weeks ago, and it didn't really get a lot of splash, but it is, it is something that I, think that, 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 that I think should be on the radar and can be a pretty big concern. There is a blob, a blob of seaweed that is twice the width of the United States and is heading toward Florida. It is six feet from top to bottom, and 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 it's it to me it's it's this this you know how I always say this is like a bad Bruce Willis film, you know the Armageddon type thing, and I'm like, really? We're just now getting over the cyclone thing on the west coast. Now in the south, they're getting a blob. Where's Steve McQueen? Remember, if if you're too young to know this, you might be too young to know this. Steve McQueen, Mr. Smooth, Mr. Cool, he got his start. In a film called The Blob. It just took over this little sleepy town, The Blob. It moved like one inch a day, but man, it caught you. The Blob. It was just, wow, unbelievable. But Steve McQueen, of course, took care of The Blob. Uh, uh, this, I'm, I'm looking at this, and it's, it's a smelly uh, uh, substance. It smells like rotten eggs. And it can harm. Uh, it's, 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 it can harm uh, a lot of the aquatic life. I'm trying to look at this thing. It's around, it spans more than 5,000 miles. It comes from the shores of Africa, and now it's heading to the Gulf of Mexico. This is double the size since last year. And the problem the scientists are saying is, if this is double since last year, what's this going to be 10 years from now? And of course, you know, it's going to affect tourism and so forth. And it's it's just and, and what it is it's called sargasm, not sarcasm, <laughs> sargasm, and it is approximately three hundred species of brown algae, and it's most commonly found in uh, the Atlantic Ocean, and what this basically does it's it's it, it sucks the oxygen out of the water. It's just it's just a huge huge. I'm sure they can see this from space for goodness sakes. So there's always something going on. I thought I'd share that with you, my friends. <laughs> if you live in, in Florida or Alabama or Mississippi, this is on, on the coast. It's, it's going to be something for goodness sakes. So, all right. Now, I, I apologize. I try to do a show every three weeks or so. But I've been extremely busy with, with the new book that came out, Return to the River, uh, doing... Uh, interviews and, and, and Zooms and, you know, uh, a couple book signings and so forth. And it's, it's, it's really, it takes a lot of time. But uh, th- uh, I, and I appreciate the folks who have been kind enough to order the book early or, you know, get in a book and pass along to their friends and so forth. And it is, to me, a very beautiful hunting love story. And it's weird because as a writer, I have a viewpoint, a perspective, and then you kind of put the thing down. And then when you look at it, when it's all done, I read it from uh, the front to the back, you know, from chapter one to chapter 10. And then I read it from the perspectives in the rear of the book, the back of the book, and then read from chapter 10 to chapter nine and went, read it backwards. And the one thread I think that, and this is why I, you know, would like you to have the book is it's really, it's a haunting love story. You know, there's a lot of regret and there are a lot of choices made and, you know, you, you take inventory of your life. But to me, it's a haunting love story about family dynamics. Family dynamics. Un, un, it's, and I, I, I've been busy with that. And then, of course, I celebrate what we call my rescue day. It's the first Friday of March and usually... And, and I'm sure I've told some of you folks this before. Usually, I work. You know, either as a, a firefighter back in that, a couple years ago. 
or I would do uh, programs to help people out. Or back in the day when I was a little bit younger, I would visit my school and my teachers that were still teaching. And, and I, I thought that was the proper thing to do, to be of service. And then it was a coincidence, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit more later, what I call tumblers or the timing of life. I was thinking to myself, this is the 50th anniversary of my rescue. What can I do? Because last year I took myself out to lunch. I just had a lunch, uh, a salami sandwich on the Russian River, bag of chips, uh, 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 a thing of, of German beer that I like, Spaten, Openeta. And I just sat there and just ate. And that was a big thing for me. I think I took myself out to dinner. That's a big thing for me. And I, th- it, I was thinking, what can I do that would be really unique and special? And folks, and I know you know that sometimes it's always the simplest things that make the grandest of differences. Does that make sense? I'm probably saying that in bad vernacular. I apologize. But it's always, to me, the everyday things that can have such a beautiful impact on your life or in your heart. Hmm. I came up with an idea, and I swear to you, in a matter of uh, uh, a few minutes, my son called. And he said, you know, Dad, we know you like to be alone on your rescue day because I pray a lot and meditate and do that. We'd like to be with you on that day. And, Dad, did you know it's the 50th anniversary of your rescue? And I'm like, I, I, I didn't really think of that. Completely just took that out of my head. And I pitched the idea, let's go to Golden Gate Park. I took my son to Golden Gate Park when he was three and a half. So now that uh, SJ, my grandson, is three and a half, let's do the same thing with him. And it was just, you know, especially when, when there's kids involved, you can plan all you want, but the kids are driving, they're driving the bus, they're flying the plane, basically, where they're, they're, they fall asleep or get up too late or too early or they're cranky or there's traffic, and then you add all the things in life. We had planned to get together the Thursday night, and I thought, okay, I'll take them to dinner or make them dinner or something like that. They weren't able to leave until 5.30. They didn't get here till almost 9 p.m. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, and it was so cute because I, I gave Stephen a few things. He came up the stairs, Dad, I, I can't stay, man. We can't have dinner. You know, we just got, I'll see you tomorrow morning early. And, and we had a quick shot of whiskey. I said, don't tell the wife. Now, rinse, now, put, swallow some water. I don't want to get you in any trouble. And he gave me a quick wink and a hug. And I thought, how nice that they were thinking about me on this one particular day. And it's not about being nostalgic. It's not about going back in time. It's not reliving your past in a sense. But it's about how you celebrate your life by moving forward. And it was such a beautiful day. We, 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 we got there in time. We did the, what's called the Japanese Tea Garden. You can Google this in Golden Gate Park. The Japanese tea garden is one of the oldest tea gardens in the country. And I've been taking Stephen there since, again, he was three and a half. And they have like a little moon bridge. And he would crawl in the moon bridge and wave. And we did the same thing with Jasper. It took about a thousand plus photos. Thank God for that digital frame I have. Next, it was, It's called Next Play. You may want to look into that. If you're a parent, grandparent, or you just like to have photos at your demand, Next Play is a really good, it's, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. I, I probably have a million photos of my little grandson, and, and, and you can download the little videos and sounds and stuff like that. It's just, oh my goodness. I, I, what a beautiful day is what I'm trying to say. I'm still elated by that. We went to uh, what's called Steinhardt Aquarium, I've been going there since I was about four or five, and they just redid it a few years ago. They redid the whole aquarium, and uh, the, 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 the VIP is Claude, the albino alligator that we got from our friends in New Orleans. Yeah, unbelievable, and it's so, it was so interesting for me to see little Jasper, pardon me, little, little, little Claude, little Claude we call him, um, swimming around. 
and he's got the turtles and stuff like that, and you can look above, down to him, or you can actually go to a place that's below and look up. It's so, so, so beautiful. So with the family there, it, it was so interesting to see all these kids and their families running around. Kids making noises and laughing and, you know, <laughs> just doing what kids do. And seeing my little grandson, SJ, you know, he, you know, he's a little, okay, a little overwhelmed, lots of kids. But then after a while, he got in a groove. SJ was like, he, it was like his own little world. And those little, I, I, again, I took hundreds of photos. And the ones that really resonated with me, ones where it's just something normal. He smiles, he winks, he laughs, he's looking at the alligator. He's, 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 he's just being a kid. I thought that was so fascinating, so beautiful. And, and it was interesting to me because, again, our parents used to take us there, my two brothers and I, when I was very small before things went crazy. I took Stephen there when he was three and a half. And now we took his son there. And I just, I, 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 I'm still running the program of, uh, I called it Family Day, res- Rescue Day, Family Day on, on the little digital marker. And, and there's, there's, there's a few photos there. What a beautiful experience. What just, I'm, I'm just still beaming, and of course the family is saying, hey, what are we going to do next time? And I've already got it all mission planned out there, for goodness sakes. All right. A little bit of, uh, I, I think this is sad. I think, and, and, and if you're walking, you may want to take a deep breath and stop, or if you're having a cup of coffee, put the cup down, because this is extremely serious, but it really saddens my heart. I can't believe I'm thinking this thought, and I can't believe I'm saying this thought out loud. I never thought in a thousand, million, billion years anybody would be saying something like this. The former president of the United States is being indicted. That, how, how it's, it's just beyond sanity. And, and I know there's, there's been so many endless investigations on the former president, Mr. Trump. I, 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 what does this say about us and our standing in the world? Our credibility. I mean, no one is perfect for goodness sakes, but I just think this whole thing is just such a sad situation. Uh, I'm broadcasting this show Monday, and Mr. Trump, uh, the former president, I guess is on his way from Florida to New York State to be indicted uh, tomorrow. And, and it, it's, it's amazing when you really think about this and break this down. It, the, the, again, to say the former president is being indicted, that's it's just... How can you escape that? And you have to think about the cost. They're calling on all New York City police officers to please show up for duty. And what is the cost of that? Whether it's police officers or first responders or asking for more medical people in case there is a right, in case something happens. I mean, the financial cost has to be just beyond, beyond you know, and I, I don't know how, how, who's going to pay for that. They're going to, you know, taxes involved or that be that be going to other areas of necessity. And then there's talk, well, do we do a mugshot? Do we do fingerprints? Do we put them in a holding cell? You know, he is the former president. And I'm not trying to make anybody upset, but I'm going, well, if we're going to indict him, and if we do that to other criminals or suspects, or if we've done it to uh, those who've been prosecuted politically, whether it's a, a councilman, person of New York State or New York City. You know, uh, I'm sure some mayors have been in a little bit of trouble in the past in the, uh, in, in the, in the, the Big Apple. Then I, I, I think, yes, Mr. Trump, former President Trump should have a mugshot and maybe put him in a holding cell or something. I'm sure there would just be a room for him but it just it really it really saddens me that that we've 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 gotten to such a level or we've crossed so many lines and so many lines 
You know, it's almost like a, a movie when you have uh, explosions and special effects and the stunts, oh my goodness, and the music, oh my gosh. It's like, okay, what are we going to do next time? It's just very sad, and I feel sad for, for him and his staff. His staff that has been with him for years and years and years and either trying to appease the former president or uh, the, the, those who volunteered, who worked in the White House, and all the time and energy involved with, uh, with the grand jury and looking at mounds and mounds of evidence. And there's still more cases uh, they're talking about, well, do we prosecute him for any part that he had in January 6th during the riots? Uh, what about uh, classified information that he took from the White House to his private residence in Florida. That is against the law. Now, mistakes are made on both sides, left and right, red, blue, whatever. But it just seems to be never-ending. And I read an article, and I should have uh, printed it out. And, and it, it, the article was very simple. It said, pardon him. Pardon President Trump. And I read, the, I mean, at first I'm like, what? But it kind of made sense. If President Biden can pardon President Trump, everything just stops. The time, the energy, the rhetoric. rhetoric. Because I'm sure right now as I'm broadcasting the show to you, in, 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 in front of Trump Towers or front of police department, uh, precincts, there's, there's going to be protesters. So I pray that nothing bad happens, but ugh, when it comes to this division, you know, we've had a lot of violence, a lot of scared people. When people get scared and get amped up, bad things happen. And at the end of the day, how many millions and millions and millions of dollars will be spent? Or what about the man hours? The endless infinity man hours. I could be directed to something else. I've said this before and maybe it will tie in now. I'm at the age and stage of my life I just don't have time for white noise. White uh, endless screeching noise that really doesn't amount to anything because at my age it's about time and energy. How much time I put into this show. How much energy I put into this relationship. This business venture. It's It's it is about time. It's about how many more summers do you have left? And if we pardon the former president, it stops everything. Uh, maybe pardon him and fine him for, for the cost of, of the investigations or what, whatever. With, with hopefully the promise to not do anything, you know, obtuse, you know, uh, <laughs> a little below the radar that you're not supposed to do. But if we pardon him, I mean, just, just like when uh, President Ford pardoned Richard Nixon, I'm sure there'll be some blowback. But they did say that was the right thing for Ford to do. So the country, and I remember that line, Ford said, I am doing this so we can heal the country and start moving forward. Because with President Trump, he gets a lot of people all amped up. And that's just not good. Who would have thought, ladies and gentlemen, three years ago, that we would know the word COVID? What's going to happen two years from now if the sea blob, you know, gets bigger and does more damage? You see, we just don't know what's around the corner. It's kind of like being a firefighter. You're always prepping for the next fire, the next wildland fire. Or in our case in California, we had nonstop rain from, uh, what was it, uh, December 26 until two, three days ago. All that water, the mudslides, the erosion, homes leveled, children dying in homes that we couldn't get the children out or a tree fell into the residence. You always have to prepare for the next thing. 
That's why we work out and watch our diets or our stress levels and so forth and try to exercise and trying to relax. This might be something to consider. I, I, I wish I was a professional politician and, and, and knew, would know the ins and outs of who to talk to or is this something we should think about, put it on the table. You might, we should look at all the options because what I don't want to have happen as an American, as a veteran, as a seasoned citizen, I don't want to pick up the newspaper. I don't want to flip on the news and see a former president of my country in behind bars. I really don't. And again, I'm not a fan of Mr. Trump. I'm not, but I'm trying to be square right down the middle, you know, like a baseball pitcher. Just throw it down. Just put it, just, you know, put it out there. And it's something for all of us to kind of think about, too, because I, I, I'm going to say this nicely. I've just had enough of Mr. Trump. I really have. Every day when he was president, I thought, oh, my God, I would wake up. Are we at war with anybody? There was so much going on with the tweeting and, 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 and just the language and the attitude. Not very presidential. The older I get, and, and I know I've changed, particularly since I've moved down to the Russian River, particularly since the, the loss of my lovely bride, Miss Atomic Blonde is her code name, in case you're interested, ladies and gentlemen. Miss Atomic Blonde. That's a tribute to the killers, in case you want to look that up. But I think with all the changes, I'm basically ensconced. And especially when I noticed when I was doing a lot of these interviews, because some of them are very nice and they're easy, and I can joke or throw something out there. And some of them are just, I, uh, and one of, a couple of them, I felt I was in a boxing match with one host, and I thought I was in a tennis match, like, like bam, bam, back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, oh, my goodness. But then I thought, oh, my God, Dave, just speak from your heart. And I kind of found myself relaxed. I'm going, oh, my God, I'm, I feel like the elderly statesman. I've been around the block. I've traveled the world. I've been interviewed a million times. I know the, what basic questions are, even if I get something that's, from right field, I'm going, hmm, that's a good question. Let me think about that, and here's my response. And again, I'm more ensconced. Well, what about this? What about that? No, no, no. I told one person, I said, sir, I did not say that, and please don't put words in my mouth. These are my viewpoints. I believe in A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Boom. Well, how come you're a success and you're happy and a lot of people aren't? Well, I'm, I'm not perfect. I work on my happiness. If I've had one success, I probably have failed it a thousand times more. <laughs> I'm the most broken person I know, but I know I have a good heart, and I always try to give my best and make other people happy. But what about this? What about that? Sir, I've already answered the question. Let's move on. And I didn't upset anybody, or hopefully did not upset the host. And I walked away from that interview going, hmm, okay, I'm grown a little bit. So what I'm trying to say is, as an older gentleman, a lot of changes, have, I've, I've seen so many changes in our country. You know, some of them good, some of them not so good. A lot of positive things in the last, you know, a good 15 years. I, we have such a long ways to go, you know, how we treat each other, how we view each other and so forth. What is that line from President Kennedy? We all breathe the same air. We are all mortal and we all love our children. Hmm. So that would be something to consider if we pardon someone like the former president. And, I, I pr and, and I'm saying this because by the time you listen to this, you know, maybe, you know, he'll, he'll be back home. He's, I guess he's going to fly now as we're speaking. Uh, the, the, uh, I guess he's, uh, the arraignment will be, uh, I think, 11 o'clock Eastern time. And then he'll probably fly back to, to, to his... Uh, home in Florida, and I hope that calmer heads can prevail, whether you like him or don't like him, let's just all take a step back and please let the system work its way out, let work its way, please, uh, where the wheels of justice are slow, but when they get a rolling, it's like a tank, 
All I want is just peace. I don't want anybody to get hurt, and God forbid anybody to get seriously injured, or God forbid that someone gets killed over something foolish. It's not worth it. So that's something that I wanted to kind of just throw at you folks a little bit. I am not trying to throw any fuel on any fire. If anything, I'm trying to say, let's just have some peace. Let's all just take a step back. Whether you love him or hate him, please. If, and if anything, I know this sounds weird, stay home. Stay home. If you're in New York, just stay home. You know, don't be part of the, the show, per se. So my thoughts and prayers are, of course, with the police and the first responders and I hope nothing bad happens, um, but I am concerned. All right. I wanted to um, talk a little bit, and I apologize. I didn't wrap up the last show as well as I wanted to, and I'm going to maybe repeat myself just a little teeny tiny here. I, I really believe in this, and you'll see it in the book, The Return to the River. Gestures. Gestures. As you know, uh, my life has been filled with kind gestures out of nowhere, random acts of kindness, or what I call tumblers, at the right time and right place. I was rescued hours before I was going to spend the uh, weekend alone with my mother, and I thought she was going to kill me that weekend. I have had situations where uh, I was uh, I aged out of foster care. My foster parents were kind enough to grant me, I think, six or seven months. And I was really, oh my gosh, you know, getting past that edge. And I was suddenly allowed to enlist in the Air Force. I was out processing about three and a half, four years later out of the Air Force. And lo and behold, I got the dream job of being a mid-air refueler. I don't know if I've ever told you this, ladies and gentlemen, a child called it. Now, if you remember, Child Called It, it was the number one book in the world. How many people can say that? And I'm not being braggadocious. I'm just like, oh, my God. I was asked that question. Um, yesterday, I did a, a program on Sirius XM. Very nice host, Michael. Such a sweet man. And his producer, such a nice lady. And he says, what was it like to have the number one book in the world? I'm going, I still don't know. I mean, I can't grasp, I can't put my arms around that statement. It was on the New York Times for well over six years. The average stay is about three to four weeks. If you're there for six weeks, you're the champ. Six plus years. But did you know, one, that the book was initially printed, not published. Hmm. I had to buy my own rights to the book that was supposed to be mine. I didn't understand anything about publishing or copyrights or the ins and outs. Uh, the book was printed in 1993, my 20th anniversary of my rescue. And then it was published in 95. And when a book's published, they give it a few months. And after that, they just take it off the shelves. Why? Because there's other books to fill that space at bookstores. It's just like a movie. If there's a movie you want to see and it's not doing too well, they're going to pull it out. Now, if it's a Tommy Cruise, Mission Possible, James Bond, Star Wars, oh, yeah, Marvel Comics, yeah, those things will play for months. But other movies have to play. So when it starts, you know, not putting butts in the seat, there's another movie. So it languished for two years, but just enough to kind of keep that motor going. And then two years after a child called it was published, we made the New York Times. But the story was the second book, The Lost Boy. Uh, the publisher agreed to publish the first, and then a year later, the second book. When they were publishing the second book, I talked to one of the sales ladies, super nice lady, Miss Lori Golden, and her partner, uh, Irene Zantos, the beautiful Greek princess, Irene Zantos. And both the ladies told me they were very emotional. I said, Mr. Pelzer, they're dropping a child called it. I didn't understand. I thought, well, if we put two books together, maybe we have like a, a dollar, two dollar discount. And they buy two of them for the price of whatever. 
Mr. Pelzer, they're not, they're, they're cutting off a child called it. I remember hanging up the phone and I couldn't breathe, I couldn't move because I knew I was going out on the road and, and doing a lot of speaking in service training. And, and what I found out was for every person that bought a child called it, approximately 40 people would read it because it got passed around, passed around, passed around. Uh, Return to the River's already doing that. It's doing pretty good on the book sales, but it's being passed around, which is fine, you know. If it, people like it and read it, yeah, please. But they were going to drop a child called that. I mean, I, and it was just, I understand the business aspect of it all. It's just business. But then lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, we got a call from a young producer uh, 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 for, for the Montel Williams show, Mr. Williams. You know, there was a big uh, 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 talk show circus for big back then. And we went, haggled back and forth because his office was always calling, hey, we want Dave to do a show about being a victim of child abuse. Nope, click, thank you, goodbye. We want Dave to be on a panel and say how his life was ruined from being abused. Mm, that's not me. Finally, this one new kid called up and says, listen, we know Pelzer travels an awful lot. He's always in the press. And, and, and that was the thing, too, you know, as the, uh, uh, I was the outstanding young American. And then a year later, I was the outstanding young person of the world. And, and that's, that's, you know, kind of a thing. So when I would go to these small towns, Wahoo, Nebraska, Grand D Junction, uh, I'll go to the New Mexico, I go to Valentine, Nebraska, in the middle of winter. It's like, what is the outstanding person in the world doing here? And, it, you know, you, you get a little press. Why is he working four or five different things in one day? Appearances. I mean, I felt like Superman. I would take off clothes and take off clothes and just smudge myself and geodorant under the arms and boom, boom, go to the next program. So we got a little bit of momentum. And the producer finally said, what do you want? We sat down and prayed about it. says, well, we'd like to do a show of, of uh, a tribute to teachers. How my teachers saved my life. Hmm, that's interesting. Let's do that. A tribute. Wow. And it, the show just killed. And because of that show, that led to a child called it that was going to be canceled. It was on the chopping block. And that was, the, that was boom, off to the races. Timing of tumblers. I said this in Return to the River. And uh, kind of want to, I'm not trying to either be dramatic or give something away. But because of my unexpected divorce, I was extremely depressed and very, very lonely. And then COVID hit. And then at the same time, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, working in North Sonoma Coast at the Sea Ranch and then leaving at 2 o'clock in the morning for my 24-hour shift, if not more, to drive down to the Russian River. And because of road closures and fires and so forth, it went from two lanes to one lane. And sometimes you have to wait at the light for 20, 30 minutes or more at 3 o'clock in the morning. You don't want to go past it. and I mean, they get a lot of accidents as it is. But I didn't know how stressed out my body was. Mentally, physically, spiritually, I was just kind of worn down. At the same time, trying to find a place to live, I was moving. And there was nothing, nowhere for me to find a place. And I was very, very stressed out. Very alone and just overwhelmed, like a lot of people. That's what I like about this book, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about my character. It's about you. It's about being overwhelmed, feeling lonely, feeling, you know, what do I do now? It's particularly if you're at an age, you're thinking, wow, I should be thinking about retirement or spending the rest of my life with my spouse, my partner, my lover, my friend. And things don't work out, which happens a lot to everybody. And that's what the book is about. Just having a little bit of strength one day at a time, or in my case, one box at a time. Unpacking a box, packing a box, trying to move, trying to do these things. But my point being is, I can't begin to tell you how low I felt. And I did have a few dark thoughts. And yet, out of nowhere, 
my daughter-in-law texts me, hey, thinking about you, uh, uh, have a great day, loves and kisses. My son would call, and I thought, oh, they're, they're in cahoots. Oh, yeah, I just got a thing from your wife. Dad, she's at work, and I'm at work. But I was, I'm going, hold it. So both of you are thinking about me at the same time. And then I got other texts and phone calls from people I haven't heard from in years. Say, hey, Brother Dave, what's going on? Uh, just want to make sure you're doing okay. Y- yeah, I haven't heard from you in a couple years. Yeah, I've been busy, you've been busy. I'm like, wow, wasn't that a, to me, that's a blessing. I've always said, ladies and gentlemen, if two people tell you something, almost word for word within like 24 hours, that is God knocking on your door. If three or, or more people tell you something in the same time span, that is God screaming in your ear to receive it. Those kind gestures. The story of Mr. Ziegler, I've told you the story, I think, beforehand. I was not doing well in the fifth grade. My parents were separated, and that weekend is coming pretty soon, all alone with mom. And just put his hand on my shoulder and gently said, hey, you're doing a good job, son. Keep up the good work. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm real. I'm alive. I have a sense of worth. I exist. And I remember meeting Mr. Ziegler almost 20 years to the day because I was researching at the time a child called it before it was printed. And I interviewed him on a few things. And, and I said, thank you for all that you did for me. And he's like, Dave, we should have done more. We could, it's like Schindler's List. If I would have given this ring away, I could, have, I could have gotten out more Jews out of Germany, for God's sakes. Oscar Schindler was like so broken. He's like, I had so much, and I pissed it all away. And his, his friend, his account, is like, well, you did as much as you could, and you can't imagine the generations that you have saved. So I'm with Mr. Ziegler. He saved me, my son, and now my grandson, in a sense. He says, I don't remember uh, saying that or doing that. And I just remember looking in his eyes, and I said, but, sir, I do. Gestures. When they're given to you, they can change your life. The timing of tumblers can change your life. What I say, give gestures. You have no idea. I, I do this all the time. I, go to, I, I, I shop at a local supermarket called Safeway uh, five, six times a week because I, tr- I do it right after I work out. And I see, I know all the staff members there. And I can tell who's having a hard day and having a bad day. And sometimes I'm a, you know, not overly flirtatious. Hey, baby, how you doing? Oh, my God, look at you. You're, oh, my, look at your hair. You're a hottie, huh? You know, and they kind of get my shtick, my little Robin Williams, Roger Dangerfield shtick. You know what I do sometimes? I'll buy some of the staff at Safeway a gift card for Starbucks. <laughs> I'll buy them a gift card for Safeway. <laughs> One time I, uh, I was buying flowers for myself. And when this lady just, a staff member just beamed. Oh, my goodness, those are beautiful. Is that for your lovely wife, your girlfriend? I'm going, no, they're for me. Wow, I think they're beautiful. So automatically, I gave it to one of the staff members. Beamed, just beamed. I said, now, don't, don't be going telling your husband, okay? We've got to keep this uh, on the down low. She says, oh, I'm definitely going to tell my husband I got flowers from a nice gentleman. And every time I see her, she just beams. Only cost me a couple dollars, only, only the effort of five, five seconds. And she told me afterwards that she was really having a bad day. There were some health issues, health scares. You know, and it just made her feel, made her feel special. It's amazing when you give out something to someone, particularly those random acts of kindness, the effect it has on them, but more so on yourself. Every time I do something, it just brightens my day all the more. I do this. I, 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 I over, I'm an overindulger. Hi, I'm a Dave. I'm, I'm Dave. I'm a floweraholic. Hi, Dave. Yes, it affects my life. It affects, it, it, it affects my finances. 
Yes, I'm a flower-aholic. I love my flowers outside. Love my impatience. Love my spring flowers. I overindulge. And what I do sometimes is I'll kind of go over to my neighbor's homes. They, we have like open patios in their backyard. And, and I'll see a pot. Mm-hmm. I borrow the pot, liberate it, not steal, borrow. And I'll plant a flower and boop, put it right back. Sometimes I get caught snooping back. Mr. Dave, what are you doing? I'm just giving you some flowers, giving you pot. Flowers, okay. And it just makes everybody kind of happy. And it makes me feel more fulfilled. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? What can you do? What can you do? To, to, I mean, I, I always say, you know, do three random acts of kindness every day. I try to make people laugh three times a day. I just attempt to try every day. And every time I do something really, to me, it's small, but it might have a grand effect on someone. I cannot begin to tell you how much, uh, uh, especially with me with flowers, I, I might buy for a neighbor that's sick or, you know, someone who's getting over COVID and needs food or and I'll do that I'll shop for food including booze I don't care and I'll put a little basket of flowers in in with 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 the with the order of Safeway or a food place or I I go to I go to Costco uh at least every other month and I spend a few bucks and I make darn sure that anybody that I see is not doing well has a package of socks that's the most important thing that homeless people crave, socks. They can use it as mittens. They can use it as a pillow, in a sense. They can use it for their feet. And now that I've been doing this for a few years in the local area, I'm getting to know some of these folks and what they like or don't like, or, you, you know, the ones that can really use it and the ones that are just not, you know, the ones that aren't overly trying to scam. There's no answer to homelessness, ladies and gentlemen, that I know of. I just, because my father was in his situation, I just cannot afford not to do anything. I believe on my heart, I have to do something. Whether people agree with it or not, my heart is my voice. My heart leads me to different things. But yet, to see someone really appreciate that they're worthy and they exist. That's, that's all I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen. Go back in your time when things were not doing well for you. And I bet you, nine times out of ten, you got out of that situation because, one, you changed your attitude. Something happened to you. And most likely, a random act of kindness was bestowed upon you. And imagine what that would be like for other people that can use your smile. Goodness sakes. Well, I thank you for your time, and I do apologize. Um, my voice is a little crackly. Um, I'm still recovering. I'm about 80% there. But I, I, uh, Mr. COVID, I'm back. I'm COVID. I'm back. I'm like the Terminator. Mr. COVID was kind enough to visit me one last time. Oh, my goodness. He stayed too long, of course. And the brain fog was a big thing for me. I still cannot... I, I can't even taste water. It's like, what is this? Yuck. Let alone anything else. I mean, for goodness sakes, I, when it comes to libations, I, I, I what? This, is, this doesn't taste like anything. Yuck. I don't want that. But I am on demand. And of course, always of good cheer. With that, I want to read something to you folks. Let me see if I can find it here. I'm in my, ensconced in my vehicle. Pardon me. I love this, and it was supposed to be in Return to the River, folks, but they, they left it out, and we're going to put it in there on our next printing. I love this line, and I want, to gift, I want to gift this line to you. The proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Bay Area writer Jack London. Another one. Live a grand adventure. So to tell a great story. North Sonoma Coast, California, fire captain, 4412. Ho, ho. 
So I just wanted to thank you folks for giving us a listen. I wish you a bright spring. If things aren't going too well for you now, if there's a little bit of a challenge, think back just a couple years ago. We were still under lockdown on Easter. Remember, was it two, three years ago? Oh, my goodness. And so much has changed. And you know what? There's going to be storms. There's going to be floods. There's going to be droughts. There's going to be a yin. There's going to be a yang. But overall, ladies and gentlemen, eyes up, chin up, eyes on the horizon. One step at a time. Steady, steady. When you man that helm, steady at the helm, as they say. And I greatly appreciate you taking the time to listen to our shows. As always, I want to thank our good friend, Mr. Pat Matheny, the Pat Matheny Group and Pat Matheny Management for his beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music. Uh, we have two Pat Matheny songs that are in Return to the River. I always have theme songs when I write books. So we have two songs from Pat Matheny, one from Enya called Drifting, which is so appropriate. Oh, mm, just makes you cr- listen to that song by Enya, make you cry. And the one that really touches my heart is the fourth song. We have all the time in the world. I think it's by by John Barry. And the one I, I wanted you to listen to when you read the book is an instrumental. Not with our good friend Sachmo, uh, 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 Louis Armstrong. Did you know, by the way, when he sang that song for the James Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Louis Armstrong had throat cancer. And that was his last, last song that he recorded before he passed. What a beautiful man. So we want to thank Pat Matheny's folks. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, please keep the faith. Keep the faith yourself and keep the faith that better days are indeed ahead. And you never know what the tide's going to bring in the next day. And what is that old Baptist prayer? Do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. So my good friends, until next time, please take good care. And as always, good day, good luck, and God bless.